three, two, one. Never has there been a better time to be alive in human history. If you're not feeling it, you must discover why. Join Matthew Bolton in developing and applying a framework of objective optimism toward a flourishing life of meaning, health, and happiness. Here's your host, Matthew Bolton. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Mr. Brightside. I'm Matthew Bolton. So let me start by asking you a question. What do COVID-19, hitting and fighting in hockey, environmental and energy issues, guns, selfishness, and optimism all have in common? Well, today, I'm going to perform feats of integration before unseen. Well, maybe not all of that, but I am going to make some connections today, including connecting a recent article I read with some powerful ideas that I've got from a couple recent guests in the past couple weeks on the show. And the goal of today is to highlight and to help us defend ourselves from committing the fallacy of false choice thinking, or you might call it either or or all or nothing thinking. Uh, this will be in regard to socio political issues that we have to deal with, which we have to care about because they affect our ability to thrive, as well as personal choices and actions. So the article I'm referring to is a Ben Bayer article uh, from just, just this past week. It's called The Dangerous Thinking Behind Pandemic Partisanship. And in one part, he asks, what explains this political tribalism, as he calls it? The willingness to take refuge in a camp insulated from the facts is enabled by a specific kind of illogical thinking. Now, I am going to just read a quote from it um, to lay out an example that he gives and, and how he frames it. And then we're going to take off from there. He says, consider how hydroxychloroquine boosters characterize their opponents and critics. For instance, the boosters spread a rumor that state governors had issued an outright ban on the drug. This isn't true. These states prohibited outpatient prescriptions to preserve supplies of a drug that provably treats lupus, but they allowed inpatient prescriptions for those being treated for COVID-19. Likewise, when I've pointed out the scant evidence for the effectiveness of the drug, its supporters baselessly pigeonholed my views. They said that I must think that no one should ever try the drug or be allowed to try it. But that's not my view. I think people should have the right to try potentially life-saving drugs even when there are risks. Both of these reactions involve a kind of false choice thinking. One can think that doctors should be able to prescribe the drug, but also think prescriptions should not be given out indiscriminately. One can think that people should be free to try a drug, but also think they should decide based on the evidence. One doesn't have to choose between being an unqualified advocate of the drug and a categorical opponent. But partisans for these drugs argue as if there are only two choices. So finally, I'll give you one more quote from what he says here. And then we'll go on. False choice thinking can be a symptom of a deeper defensiveness when a view isn't based on the evidence, but on some emotional consideration, like fear of one's own certainty or hatred of others. There's an incentive to rationalize it by making it look like the only alternative is absurd. And I'll add for, for my part and also that there is only one other alternative. Final thing, he says, it's a way of convincing oneself that one's view is more rational than it actually is. And of course, this is what rationalization is. So what I want to do is take those that list of things I put at the start and kind of frame basically the either or alternative that we're given in each one, the kind of camps you can be placed into. So in hockey hitting and fighting, there's a big issue um, about safety. Uh, the, the speed of the game is getting faster and players are bigger and there are a lot more um, violent collisions and a lot of uh, injuries, including a lot of concussions, which is a very serious issue. 
So the, the two positions seem to be either you want to just leave everything as it is and you don't care about safety and you just want to have old-time hockey, Eddie Shore, <laughs> a slap shot reference there, or if you suggest anything to do with uh, some safety measures, you, you might be accused of you want to take hitting out of the game. Um, and people will try to figure out and place you in one or the other. Um, you know, you might say, hey, I don't like the sound of that. It sounds like he's one of those guys who wants to take hitting out of the game or he's one of the ones who doesn't care. So it's either or, two camps. In environmental and energy issues, it seems that if you defend uh, fossil fuel energy in any way, then you just want to irrationally destroy the planet and you want to be wasteful, etc. Um, and the alternative is to be green. And what that, that would mean is that you don't want to touch anything at all. So these are kind of two very false alternatives. In the issue of guns, we hear a lot. Um, it sounds like you you either want to go wild west or you you want everybody to have a tank or something. And if you suggest any measures uh, of you know that people maybe shouldn't be able to have certain kinds of weapons, then it sounds like you want to ban all guns. So these are the alternatives. And then people again are trying to figure out. Which camp is this person in? Like, if I start saying one thing one way, is it like, well, that sounds more like this and more like that? And we're trying to place these people and pigeonhole them in camps into these false alternatives. With COVID 19 now, and this is a very big one going on, it seems that if you oppose lockdowns, it just, you're anti safety. You're all about endangering other people's lives, and, and that's kind of what camp you're in, or you want universal lockdowns. And of course, uh, this is a very false alternative. Um, immorality and, and selfishness, uh, per se, it sounds like, you know, you can either sacrifice yourself to everybody, put others before yourself in every issue, or the alternative is you want to, you know, rape and pillage and just walk over everybody to get what you want. And now I've done a whole show on this episode 10, um, deals with this whole false alternative and what is the proper alternative. So I'm not going to go too deep into that, but you can check all that out. In the final one, optimism versus pessimism, which is what I'm broadly interested in on this show, it's either that you are irrationally pessimistic, so you kind of avoid, you, you ignore all the, the good things, or the alternative is you're a blind optimist and you just kind of think everything is going to be okay and you ignore evidence the other way. So you're either a pessimist, a blind kind of, or, or a subjective pessimist, or you're a blind optimist. Um, now, I want to bring this back and connect this to the recent guests I had on. Last week, I had on Elizabeth Benton. And if you haven't uh, seen that interview, go and listen to that interview. I think it's an excellent interview. And of course, I mean that as a credit to the guest. Uh, she was very sharp and penetrating. And any question I threw at her, she had some very clarifying and very empowering idea uh, as far as I uh, judged. And she talks about this issue. She talks about all or nothing and I thought, hey, this is very similar to what uh, Ben Bayer is saying in this article. Um, at one point, I asked her about self-acceptance versus the idea of, of not being, not accepting yourself and wanting to make change. And how do you balance this idea? If you accept yourself, I guess the idea is that we're not trying to change. And then, but if you, but if you don't, then that means you, you don't care about yourself or something like that. If you want to make change, it means you're not, you know, you don't, yeah, well, again, you don't accept yourself. And she had a really great answer for this, of course. She says that loving yourself as you are and making great choices are not mutually exclusive. She goes, it's not one or the other. It's not, do I accept myself and forego change or do I hate myself and work to change? She says, what about loving ourselves and committing to change? The way she put it was, we can accept 
where we're at as fact and love ourselves. But then we can love ourselves enough to make change. And for this, she says, we have to upgrade our thoughts. And this is what I'm talking about today. We have to upgrade our thoughts from this false choice thinking, which is irrational and unhelpful. So to help us upgrade our thoughts, uh, Elizabeth uses questions. And one big question for her is, is it working? Am I getting what I want? Am I where I want to be? Or is this thing that I'm proposing just permissive, i.e., is that a rationalization? And then I'm going to jump back two weeks ago to Dane Maxwell, who was on, and he uh, he had this, this excellent framework for a business, which is customer, mechanism, result. And he says that a lot of people focus so much on the mechanism, the mechanism being the tool or product or service that is going to that you want to sell to, to people. So, and people kind of, he puts it in terms of, oh, I have this great idea. This is a great tool. It's going to help people do this and this. And we're completely ignore, ignoring the customer and what result they truly want. And he says, if you take more care about your customer and focus on what result do they want? What do they really want? Not just what is your idea you already have going to do to help people in general. What does, what does, what do the, what result do they really want? And it means defining it more clearly and to the root. And as I listened to Elizabeth later um, on the next week, the show, it sounded like she was saying much of the same thing. Like she said, what we might think what we want is to lose weight, but what we really want is confidence. Um, she said, what, what I feel like, feel like I want is I need to pay my debts, but what we really want is peace and security. So she's defining the results in better terms. And I've, I've done this myself on, on the show and in, in uh, one episode on health, I say that we often define health in terms of a narrow goal, like losing weight. Um, but really, what do we really want? We want to feel good. We want to have energy. We want to look good. We want to be confident. So again, guys, the idea here is what do we want? What is the result we're looking for? And then the next question is, is what we're doing and proposing to do about it working? If we define this result more clearly, then we can think about it much more clearly, uh, whether our proposed ideas are in fact valid or not. Um, but often our, our results are defined in either or terms or in false choices which I've, as we've seen here, is not helpful in seeing clearly the result we want and in realizing any kind of positive result. And it's certainly not, you know, doesn't lead to fruitful discussion and cooperation among people in solving difficult sociopolitical problems and questions. Now, this whole thing, guys, is what I also say when I talk about thinking and thriving. On the show, I, I refer often to think and thrive. And basically... Thriving is what I call the ultimate goal that we want to achieve in our life, an integrated state of health, prosperity, happiness, etc. And to achieve all of these things in anything, we must think. And the thinking that I refer to is two-pronged. One is to do rigorous thinking as to what, as to, you know, more essentially and precisely defining our goal. And then the second is to think objectively as to what will help us optimally achieve that goal. So again, it sounds a lot like this. Define your result clearly and then ask yourself, is it working? What works? What is the nature of, of the thing I want to achieve? And is my idea or my mechanism, if I may say, effective in achieving said goal? So to illustrate this, I want to give one more example of how this works in a, in a personal context before we take on those sociopolitical issues. 
Elizabeth talked about this idea of say you feel all stressed out and you go and you say, I want to like a, eat a pint of ice cream. And she says if she takes a second to think and ask herself better questions, she might say, what do I really want? She wants to relax after all her stress. It's relaxation she wants, not ice cream. But because we've decided on this mechanism or this 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 one of the one one choice is ice cream. Ice cream is what I need. This becomes my camp, and I'm going to rationalize why this is what I need, and I'm going to twist all the evidence and tell stories and make a case for why I need ice cream. And this sounds like the Ben Bear article. We're, we're trying to take refuge in one of two camps. It's either, well, I got to have ice cream. If not, it's stress and despair, right? So, and of course, I'm I'm going to choose. I'm going to choose the ice cream. And you're just, this view is not based on evidence, but it's based on emotional considerations, which is what rationalization is. But as I say here today, and what I'm trying to push here is that if we stay focused on defining clearly what we really want, then we can ask questions as to what will really, in this case, help me relax, really. And of course, we know that the ice cream is not going to do this. The ice cream is going to make us feel worse. Yet, if we're committed to this either-or thinking, then we're never going to achieve any possible result, uh, positive, excuse me, result. Now, I think we can use this similar method and these kind of questions to help us decide whether what we're advocating in these complex socio-political issues is getting us to where we want to be. And again, the question, is it working? So let's go back now. Um, and ask what we want in each case. So I'm going to scrap those either or false choices that we laid out in, in uh, the beginning and then ask what is our desired result. Now I want to note that as we go through these, I'm not going to be, be prescribing any policy, any mechanism as Dane would call it, but any policy at all. I just want to frame the discussion to get us to a desired result instead of in these extreme either or terms. Uh, as this is what must happen before we can judge any proposed solution as valid or invalid. So we're going to start. Hockey, uh, hitting and fighting. So again, it was you want to go, you know, all all out, uh, you know, just hitting, fighting, whatever. Don't don't change a thing and ignore safety or you want to take hitting out of the game. Um, what about if we framed it rather as we want safety in the context of inevitable contact and separating people from the puck or force as a strategy to win, given the nature of the game. So it's safety without compromising the integrity of the game. And then when you kind of when you wade into these proposals, you can't just pigeonhole people and say that kind of sounds like he's one of these hit, take hitting out of the game guys or he's one of these anti safety guys. If we focus on this desired result, we can uh, see whether. Are what we're trying to propose violates or thwarts any part of the result that we've agreed, agreed upon. It's like, is it working? It is objective if we ask these questions. Now, in environmental and energy issues, again, the question is, what do we want? Well, we want to empower human beings to protect themselves from the dangerous natural climate, which means making energy affordable and reliable for close to 8 billion people while preserving the beauty of nature. So we can have a human flourishing framework that includes one's environment as a precious component of it, just as relationships are an important component of it. my life and my health and my environment is important to me. So I care about it. So I don't I want to preserve it. I don't want to destroy it senselessly and wastefully.
And remember, guys, this result that we're trying to shape here and formulate must be formulated without dropping any context, without dropping objectivity or reality. Our goal can't be a fantasy. So we can't say, well, I just want, you know, I want everybody to be empowered by energy without disturbing nature in any way. This is just impossible. So given that every living organism impacts others in the furtherance of its own existence and thriving, let us be efficient, rational, and long range in our pursuit of keeping ourselves safe from the natural climate and improving our lives. Now we go to guns. So again, you either want to go wild west or you want to ban all guns. So what do we want? Again, is the big question. We want people to be able to protect themselves from aggressors while not going so far as to endanger ourselves more than we protect ourselves. So how is it that people who are weaker can protect themselves against those who are stronger and would do them harm? Again, we can't have any fantasies. We must keep the context. So we can't just eliminate all risk in life. There's no such thing. Every time we go outside or move forward in our life, there is a risk of calamity. So we can't advocate for some guaranteed safety or prevention. I'm just for guaranteed safety. I'm for prevention. It, you can't be that. It's like you, so you can't propose some such thing as like, I want to suck all the guns out of a geographical area with some giant magnet or something like that. Given that the that guns or other weapons will be created by and or acquired by thugs, what then is proper? What is a proper way to achieve maximal safety while allowing people to live their lives? We want optimal protection from aggression. That's the goal we want. Stick with that goal. And then we may ask, is what I'm proposing working? And again, we can't just try to place anyone with one idea who starts to venture out one way. Oh, you mean this and you mean that. It's not helpful and it will never lead us to safety. In COVID-19 now, this is a big one going on. Um, what do we want in this case, guys? What are we looking for? We want people to pursue optimal health and safety. We want health and safety is what we want, including the requirements of pursuing and achieving an optimal life. So we want to do this in the context, given the context of a novel coronavirus, which now exists as one factor among many that we have to deal with in our lives and which is presently dangerous in its novelty. And speaking back to prevention, we said earlier, um, this is an option that is simply unrealistic in this case. I, like, I can prevent anything. Uh, I can prevent car accidents or murders, etc. if I just prevent everyone from moving. But this drops the whole context of what action is required to gain values and live a safe, healthy, thriving life. So in this case, of course, I am coming right out and saying that I oppose these lockdowns. But the main point today is that this does not put me in the camp of recklessness, uh, you know, endangerment, disease, death. You just want everybody to, you know, to die or something, right? That's, that is a very false alternative, lockdowns versus that. Um, I want policies which maximally protect us in the full context of what human safety, health, and thriving require, which is more than just avoiding one disease. And what this looks like is up for vast discussion and debate. So I'm not proposing anything here, um, but I just want to make the point that I can still be for safety while opposing universal lockdowns. We just have to continually ask ourselves, does this proposal, this, the, the thing I do propose, does this take the full context into account and best secure people's ability to preserve their own safety, health, and flourishing? Is it working in that context? Now, I'm not, as I said about the, the selfishness issue, the self-sacrifice and serving others before yourself in every context versus 
just irrationally grabbing and looting everybody. Um, I talked a lot about that in that episode 10 on, uh, on this issue. And basically, um, the, the alternative, the, the, what we really want is we want to define what is in one's self-interest and in, instead of these false alternatives of pillaging and sacrifice. Now, the final one I'm going to go for is this optimism or pessimism. So uh, what I want, what do we really want? What is the result we desire? Um, we want to achieve optimal results in any situation, in any aspect of life, which is part of what optimism means. This means that I must define each aspect clearly and what optimal results look like, understand its requirements, and then constantly ask whether what I'm doing is working. That's what I mean by the thinking required. This means being objective. And which mindset or method is going to help me achieve all that? And the, the false choice is irrational or subjective pessimism versus subjective optimism, what I call, which which I point out over and over again is not really properly can be called optimism. It is only by being objective that we may achieve optimal results. Um, so in this way, the whole approach counter to false choice thinking is truly objectively optimistic thinking. Optimism defined properly, in my view, is the antidote to false choice thinking. Now, before I say my final words here, let me remind you guys that if you want to ask questions about this, because again, this is all I'm just, you know, thinking out loud here. Uh, truly today, I think more than in any other time, I'm trying to put this out. So if you have questions about it, uh, please send them to matthew.asknow at gmail.com, or you can go to the Mr. Bryce, uh, Brightside Facebook page at facebook.com slash matthewbolton.ca. And of course, please share this episode and any others, uh, because you never know when the right idea is going to hit the right mind and uh, and make some somebody make some positive change in their lives or think more clearly about something. Now, back to the final word. Observe once again today that in all of these framings of the desired result that I've tried, we haven't decided on a mechanism or a policy yet. We've only worked on defining our goal. And if the goal is agreed upon between people, then we can now start to discuss solutions. And these solutions then may be tried and tested objectively against whether they help us achieve the goal that we have agreed upon. And this leads us to what Alex Epstein calls constructive conversations versus frustrating fights. And I think that's what's happening today is we're, we're having a lot of frustrating fights because of this either or tribalist false choice thinking out there and trying to put people into camps and putting emotions over our reason and not really defining what it is we're after and then allowing people to propose things that maybe don't look like either of these false choices. And again, I'm not here saying today what my proposed solutions are. And I'm not even saying that the formulations I made, the, the kind of what do we want, the way I formulated that was even right. Um, they might not be right on. I think they need a lot of work. Um, and this could be what other people, by talking with people, we could at least re help refine what is our desired goal before we even start talking about our solutions. But what I want to point out today and the whole goal of today's show is to point out the futility and worse, the destruction caused by our current method of false alternative thinking. In the socio-political questions, we must put our emotional considerations aside, break away from the fear of being placed into a camp, and venture out into trying to articulate what really works. We've got to reject this tribal either-or false choice thinking. In questions of our own well-being, 
in the personal realm, we must break with the all or nothing false choice thinking again. We want to ask what it is that we really want and then ask ourselves whether what we propose is really a good alternative at all. We have to be completely honest with ourselves and not make a case for something we know will sabotage our goals. Instead of letting these emotional considerations dictate the terms, we should allow questions to enter and define what we really want. So guys, the only fundamental either or choice is to be or not to be. Uh, And in the context of a human life, this means to thrive or not to thrive. And I hope that all of us may be happy and thrive. So I want to tell you guys to get out there, define and go get what you really want. And I'll see you guys next time. Mr. Brightside, your time out to refresh, refuel and refocus your mind and energy toward building an optimistic framework for flourishing. Life is good. It's up to you to choose the bright side.